Hey folks, Natalie here on the NAG Personal Trainer Podcast and this, today I'm discussing about dry January. There are many reasons people want to do dry January. It's either because the main one is over Christmas we tend to really over-exceed our alcohol intake in England apparently. Not all of us, but a lot of us do apparently according to statistics. Look at that, where is that today? What's well, it's Monday. And also it might be because maybe throughout 2020 particularly, last year, the shit show we had, it might be because we may be over-consuming a lot more than usual throughout that time as well. What I'm going to show you now is my personal experience with alcohol and why I choose personally to not really drink. I would not say I'm teetotal. I do have a drink. I do have a little bit more of a Christmas than I would usually. When I say a bit more, probably two to three I think New Year's Eve was the most, um, but it was that's because it's toffee vodka. It goes down way too easily, and you nearly you like pour singles or doubles with like ice, and you just you can drink it neat. It's so nice, and that's the only time I'll probably have it. But then after Christmas, I don't seem bothered. It's just that November to December, it's all about the toffee vodka for me. So years ago, back when I'm on, I'm talking, see I'm 32 now, so I'm talking. Probably more than four years ago was when I used to drink probably a little bit more excessively. But I wouldn't drink a lot in the week. I probably wouldn't drink every week, actually. But it got to the point when I drank, oh, I drank. You know, I was binging instead. You know, if I went on a night out with my mates, we would absolutely go for it. But I would feel awful for a good week. Not just the day after. I'd feel written off for the week. And... It, got to, it was getting to the point where I didn't want to do it as frequently. And I actually did start to reduce my intake gradually when going out. But of course, when you're in a social situation, as we all know, you're more likely to drink more. Just like eating, if you're in a social situation, say at a buffet um, or a meal, you are apparently more likely to eat more the more of you that, uh, that there is there uh, in an event. So there was one occasion where I may have gone a bit too far. I wasn't ill enough to go to hospital. I mean, as in, oh, I was wrecked for a long time. And me and a friend, we'd both been at the same event. We went to someone's birthday. We were training in the gym. This is two days later. He lost his strength massively when bench pressing. He's insane, this guy. He used to bench like something like two to, two to three 20 plates a side. Like, no issue. He was like built for it as well. You know, very athletic, a bit like, a bit like an NFL sort of style player, and he could only do one twenty a side, which is an incredible amount of strength decreased. And I went to do my set, and normally at that point years ago, I just worked up to do five uh, kilograms a side on a twenty k bar, so I was up to thirty k. And I could only do the bar, and he had to spot me. <laughs> That's how much strength I lost. And from then, that was when it clicked for me. Because I actually really did not like my session. Now, normally I love my training sessions. I love weight training. I like seeing what I'm capable of. I was just, oh, I was just so annoyed at myself. So we did a bit of research, both of us, because we're both still quite fresh as level two and level three uh, fitness instructors and personal trainers. We only recently done qualifications. So you've got to go on and keep learning. The, the, the course only gives you just the basics, what you need to be qualified. But you need to go out and do the research to enhance your knowledge and find credible sources as well on top of that. You know, as a PT, you're a constant researcher 
um, because the fitness and health industry is constantly changed because the research is constantly being updated, which is why you see lots of information always coming out over a period of time. So we did some research and apparently with drinking alcohol, it can decrease your testosterone levels. Females, we haven't got a lot as it is. Uh, so for a guy, it's probably quite, yeah, a bit of a shock to the system who's normally used to lifting a certain load of weight or exerting an amount of effort. And just that day, it wasn't happening. It was like, it totally reminds me of now thinking back. That's kind of like how it feels for a female when, they come on, when they're coming onto their cycle. So a week before bleeding, when they're in the luteal phase. So when you feel that like strength has been zapped on, some women suffer very uh, more so with than others. And I think especially the untrained as well, I think even more so they notice it. Whereas the more you're trained, the more it doesn't make too much of a difference. Again, that could be individual, though. That's just from personal experience. Um, and we also found it's mostly because of sleep. Like us, we, we both actually noted our sleep had been awful. So even though, yeah, when you have a drink, it's easy to get to sleep, but it's hard to stay asleep all the way through the night personally. Now, some of you may be just knocked out completely, but it doesn't mean you have quality sleep. It does affect the sleep cycle hugely, uh, which is why they recommend in dry January, why a lot of people go, oh, I'm sleeping so much better. They might not do the maybe the first few nights because it's a bit of a change in the body, but eventually they note how much more energy they got, they're sleeping better, they're thinking more clearly, and then as a knock-on effect, they got more energy. Because they got more energy, they're moving more, and because they're moving more, a lot of them are doing losing say body fat and weight if that was their goal they were aiming for so you know it's a brilliant knock-on effect so from then i would i'd still did it but just not as occasionally when uh, you know had a massive bottle of drink it was probably then when i went on christmas dues with my work lot who i used to work with and don't get it wrong no regrets epic nights really good nights but my best nights you know have been the past couple of years where I've actually probably had one drink or not even touched a drop because I, became, I was a driver. And I've actually had an amazing night. Now, a lot of you might be like, I can't do that, I can't not drink and be around drunk people. Get that. I tried that, uh, I think it was 10 years ago. I went out, I think it's because I did a nightclub first, shouldn't have done that, really put me off. When you go to a pub or like a little town, it's not so bad because you kind of know everyone, you're bouncing everyone. Also, I was young, so it's kind of hard to kind of think people are judging you for not being drunk, I guess. But whereas, actually, they could think you're drunk for all they know because they've had a bit of a drink. So, went on this night out, had a couple of drinks, uh, decided to only have one. Once I only had that one, uh, well, basically, just didn't feel that great. I thought... You know, I decided to leave drinking for the rest of the night. So, with later that night, wasn't really enjoying myself. I ended up going home early because it's just the atmosphere was a little bit off for me. And I think it's because, like I say, I was in a club environment. When I first proper did it again, it's always been when I've been to like a party where it's organised somewhere and I know everyone, or it's been at a pub or some meal where people are drinking. Or like, I think one occasion actually, which really stuck out to me, I went bowling with some friends. And I said, I'll drive guys, that's fine. And actually we had a really good night, but I think because I was in company, that's my company, I was bouncing off them. 
it's kind of like I felt drunk off there, <laughs> drunkness. And I just found it such a good laugh. And the next day I felt fine. I liked that woke up feeling pretty refreshed and okay. So eventually it just became less and less. I didn't just think, right, I'm going to cut alcohol out my, out my diet or out my, you know, my weekly intake, whatever I was doing at the time. I just thought, no pressure. I'm not going to say I'm going to go teetotal. That's not the intention. But I'd like to not feel like crap um, after, saying having a night out. Like I said, that week when I couldn't lift, it took me, like I said, a good week to get over it. I'm not going to lie, there was one more time I got that bad. After then, it wasn't ever that bad again. And uh, that was, oh God, I'm just trying to remember, that came to me. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Ah, that's what it was. Now, if any of you played a game called Pub Golf, and I played it once, and I'll never play it again. It was a great idea at the time. It was a good laugh at the time. No regrets of the company we had, and it was a good laugh scene you know, trying to down a pint in one go. Uh, if you've never played pub golf, uh, I'm sure somebody, somebody you know who's done it, but we had, you had like a card, and you had the set drinks that you had to select for each pub, so you went to a different pub, and you basically had to see how many times it would take you to down it, and that would be like, say, your uh, points for like, say, golf. So say if you had a shot, you did it in one, it's a hole in one. So you like, put one on. So the person who scores the least points obviously wins, just like they do in golf. So yeah, that was a, an interesting night. And yeah, again, I was wrecked for a week. And it's not just that it affected my sleep, my thinking. Uh, it affected, of course, my training, my energy levels, my mood as well. And also trying to work and be productive. To be fair, I couldn't wait to get work to do something to take my mind of how awful I felt. So I'd still put my 100% into where I could, because that's, that's just how I am when it, when it comes to work or studying or anything. So yeah, that's where I came to my decision. I, it's starting to, well, I say not came to it. It was just gradually, I'm like, when people go, no, I'm not doing that again. If for me, it was like, I'm not drinking in that much excess again. I still drink, but I want to decrease how much I have because I'm not drinking as often as I used to. When I was drinking every weekend as a student, you can handle it, you can get out of bed, you could go do stuff. You feel awful for like a day and then you're fine. You're absolutely okay. You know, I, I was going to the gym and doing stuff and I was absolutely fine. But I've drank less frequently, like every three months, we'd go out. And it just, like I said, I just got fed up. I got bored, actually, feeling that way. It's just like, oh, here we go again. I feel like crap. Like, I could have had a still good night, but I just don't want this afterwards. Is it worth feeling like crap? Which sometimes maybe it was over the years. But these days, you know, I've got a business to run. You know, I'm... You know, I've never got my mum pick up after me or anything like that. Oh, my nan, when I lived with my nan. You know, it's just me and my partner. And if we both feel awful, well, we're kind of stuck if we're both hungover. So we always had to go with who was the worst, uh, who felt the worst. Whoever felt the worst, they, they, they were waited on. And then if the other one got a bit better, the other one dropped, like, you know, you get waves of hangover for the day. Can't just swap back and forth duties of survival for the day. So I finally did a night of not drinking, which was, uh, and it got more frequent, so this is going out in my local area. And again, this time I think it was different, because one, didn't care what people think. You know, I was a bit more myself, I know myself who I am now. When I was in my early 20s, I didn't know who I was, I didn't know who I was going to be. So whereas now when I go out, or when we did, should I say, you know, I'd, it doesn't phase me at all now. I could happily go out and not touch a drop. 
if anything I, I opt for alcohol free versions and that's just because I like the taste of actually the alcoholic drinks it's not so much you know even, I even don't mind being drunk I just hate feeling like crap afterwards but I do like the taste of actual the actual drinks so if I find a decent alcohol free lager I'll opt for that and I might even just have one drink if say I've walked to where I'm going but if I've driven I won't have one unless I'm having it with a meal but even then I'm a bit wary because it varies from person to person who I've uh, you know if you say you did a breathalyzer test I could have one drink because I'm not the biggest person it could come out from over the limit because it's very individual there is like again a set guideline but you can still come out over the limit so it's not worth the risk so personally I always opt for the alcohol free versions or I just uh, have a coffee if it's in the daytime or I just have water or like a deal J2O but even then I can't have too many of them god burn your mouth out but <laughs> and they're too sweet so if you're going to do dry January best thing I can say to you is is it the alcohol that's the problem is, is that you know can you you know is it like that's that's the reason is it just because of the alcohol or is it the behaviour that leads towards you having the alcohol because Drinking alcohol and eating is very behavioural, but eating is also survival as well. That's the only difference with, say, food. Whereas alcohol we can live without. But it is very behavioural. We do it because it's social. We do it because how it makes us feel. It gives us confidence. It, sometimes it's a way to wind down after a, hot, you know, a really rough day. Uh, sometimes it's because of boredom. Very, very similar to, say, food. And it's all centred around behaviour. It's not actually the alcohol that's the issue. It's the same with food. It's not that food is the issue. It's the behaviour and the psychology behind a human being, which I can't go too much into because that's not my lane. But that's what basically dietricians will look at or therapists will look at for people who have got eating disorders or drinking uh, problems. That's what they'll look at, the behaviour behind it. If you just say to somebody, like, say, for example, with depression, go, oh, you... Just, uh, just suck it up, you'll be alright now. Oh, I'm cured. It's the same with somebody who may be reliant on drinking or may have problems of, like, say, consuming food in a certain way when how, how they feel about it, when they're consuming it. It's not going to cure it by telling them, just not do it. This is what you've got to think about if you're going to do dry January. And if you say this, I've got people who actually said, I actually just want to actually stop because I just I hate how I feel afterwards. Or I'd like to be able to go where I can moderate it and I can comfortably say no to somebody. No, please don't pour me another glass of wine. And I think that's the other pressure is others. This is the one tip I'm going to give you. When I've gone nights out and even though I've said to them, I'm driving. And they're like, oh, just have one, have one. Or even nights when I haven't drove, I just decide not to drink. And they think you're boring until halfway through the night they'd realise you're absolutely weird because you act as drunk as them even though you're not drunk but the fun thing is they're drunk so they have no idea so I dance around and piss about because I think well everyone around me is drunk or if they're not drunk they wouldn't know if I'm drunk or not who knows <laughs> you may not have a drink in your hand but you could have had five shots for they know but if people are pressuring you and they literally do buy you a drink and they force it in front of you because I've had that done to me and don't get me wrong, you know, they're my friends or they're my family and I think they're doing it because they don't want you feeling left out, it is social but sometimes it's because they actually sometimes project on 
what maybe they want to actually change as well. Do not, don't take it personally. And those who think, oh, I've done that before. I've brought a drink for somebody, and they really didn't want it, and I just did it. You know, don't feel guilty about that either. It's very, you know, it's very human. It's very behaviour. It's all about being tribal and belonging. And drinking and eating is one of those big things. Same at a buffet. Oh, get another plate. Come on, I'll get you another plate, and they just get you one. Now, well, actually, I didn't want this, but you know that that's what happens. So what I do when people do that, I say, well, you just have to give it to someone else. I'm sorry, I'm all right. I did say to you, no, no means no. <laughs> and I'm all right, honestly. You know, if I want to get a drink, I'll go grab one. I don't mind if you buy me an alcohol-free one, but it's like I had a conversation with a friend and I think they get worried about upsetting people. But people don't know and you're not upfront with them sometimes. They'll just keep doing it because they assume that it's okay. And that's the same with anything, isn't it, in life? So basically, one of my friends, they didn't like a certain chocolate. They didn't like white chocolate. They really, really don't. I have to remind myself they don't, so I'm baking. I'm not to give put the white chocolate or anything on it. Uh, as it's just wasted. They're not going to eat it. And I think a friend had brought her some white chocolate. And she felt guilty because she said, I just accepted the gift. Because it was a gift to me. You know, they brought it for me. And I was like... Did they know you like white chocolate? They're like, no. I said, did you tell them there and then? Just say, look, I apologise. Maybe give it to someone else who likes it. Because I just don't like white chocolate. I wouldn't eat it. I'm so sorry. And that's that. And that person, yeah, they might be a thingy at first. But then they'd be like, okay, next time I just won't get white chocolate. It's like to say, how would they like it if you kept buying something they don't like over and over? And then years later, you find out they actually didn't like it all that time. And you've got... But you could have told me because I could have got you something you like. We give things to people because we want to see them happy and it makes you feel good. So she balls up and she actually did it. She actually messaged me and said, not to be offended, um, but I just don't enjoy white chocolate. And, you know, I took it because it's a gift and I don't feel impolite. It's very British, isn't it, that? So this goes the same when it comes to people buying an alcoholic drink for you. If they buy it for you, they put it on the table. You do not have to drink it. If you told them, I don't want, I don't want an alcoholic beverage off you. I'm okay, thank you. Well, you don't say alcoholic beverage. I'm just saying, oh, I don't want this pint or lager or I don't want this gin and tonic you've put, uh, given to me because I'm not going to drink it. I'm all right. And I think people think you're not, but it's like we are and it's okay. If I want an actual drink and you said, oh, can I get anyone a drink? Then yeah, I'll ask for one. But if I generally don't want something alcoholic, You've got to respect that I just don't want to. It's, it's, you know, it's your choice, you're a human, you know. You don't have to people please and tell people, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have it. It's much easier now because we're not in pubs. So maybe, perhaps most people might be in that mindset once we go back. It probably won't be so bad once we go back to pubs. It might actually be a bit more relaxed. More people maybe opt for alcohol-free because maybe they are sick of having a drink over 2020. Who knows? Right, my last bit of advice. So, say you done dry January, or you're still doing it. Actually, two more advice, sorry, forgot one. So, during dry January, like I say, it's behavioural. So, what are you going to replace? Say, for example, that bottle of wine a night. What are you going to replace it with? Because when it comes to February, in your head, you're going to be like, right, I can, I can go back to that now. I've done. Because for some of you, you might have done it just to do it with other friends to support someone else but maybe you weren't bothered about 
reducing your alcohol intake, maybe you thought I'm all right, and that's fine. That's personal preference. Like I say, you're a grown adult. You can choose what you want. You should be over 18, hopefully, in England anyway. So, but what are you going to do after? As well, remember that. So you've got to think, what is your why? This is what I always tell clients when they're picking their goals. When someone messages me about PT, I always question, right, what is your why? Why is it you want to do this? And not all because my friends are doing it. No, no, no. Is there a reason you've decided to make this decision? Is it because you're getting like me, you just feel like crap for a week? It's affecting your training and you want to be able to train very effectively, you know, and feel energised and be productive at your job or your business or your parents and you're sick of feeling like crap when you're with the kids. You know, you're a bit fed up with it. So dig down deep why you want to do it because you won't do it. If it's just because... No, if it's the main one with for me, I think for most people, they're sick of feeling like crap afterwards. You know, they'll do all you know, the best to look after their bodies in the week, you know, eating well, moderating their intake of what they want, exercising more, you know, practicing mindfulness is huge now as well. And alcohol is not going to help it if it is a trigger for you. So it could be for mental health reasons, it could be for energy reasons, it could be because you're just sick of feeling like crap, and it could be you just want to enhance your lifestyle a bit more. And I'd say for me, what replaced it for me, mostly, because actually I'm not teetotal, I'll have one now and again, and if I have one, this is a good tip for you guys, pick something you really, really like. If it means paying out for it, then pay out for it, see it as a luxury. And also have it less than the house. I mean... I can have it in the house quite happily for months. People buy me gin quite often, actually, but it will last me ages. So sometimes, sadly, I've had to chuck it out because it's way out of date or very, very old. Or I've had to pass it to friends who are more likely to get fruit quicker than me. Not that I'm encouraging them to drink it quick. It's just literally sometimes I won't have anything at all for months. And it's not on purpose. It's just I'd rather have a nice hot drink of camel tea. <laughs> That's just me. Um... I could have had one the other night and I was just like, nah, I just didn't fancy it. I have to fancy it. A bit like if you want a chocolate bar or a bag of crisps or a slice of cake. You have it, in my mindset, it's more, you know, do I fancy it? Oh, I'm not really that bothered, actually. If I'm eating or drinking for the sake of it, I just don't see the point. I think one wasted calories, it's like I put that somewhere else. And I just think, well, I won't enjoy it as much. I want to savour it and like it. It's like if, if I bake and I make my own bakes... I like to sit and use a tiny spoon and take my time and enjoy it because if you wolf it down, you don't even acknowledge you've had it. If I'm drinking to get drunk, then that's a different question. But I'm not a different question, different routine. So obviously I'm not doing that anymore. So you've got to think of your why. Then think, can I replace that behaviour? For me, obviously prior to lockdown, instead of getting out drinking... You know, we'd go on like walks in random places. We're trying to broaden, like, you know, our places in England and Wales. Hopefully, I'd like to go to Scotland. And actually, I'm enjoying the outdoor walking, the outdoors a bit more, get exploring. I actually prefer that. And then go home, enjoy a nice hot meal, and just chill out and watch a film. I'm, I'm very simple like that. You know, or I'm saving up to go on like, you know, big holidays. Like, I'm looking at Disney World, I'm looking at. Uh, say Japan eventually in the future so instead of spending money going out drinking you know, drink it, you know, use it for drinking which I used to spend a fortune on alcohol and nights out, I'd rather put that money 
to maybe go nice places and travel a bit more. That's just me. That's that's why I wanted to look into it. Also, as soon as I joined back martial arts, again, that sense of purpose came back to me. And I was like, and I did, I mean, I'll be honest with this one. My last fight I ever did when I was about 18, maybe 19, I went on a night out two days before a fight. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll have a couple. I didn't get home until five o'clock in the morning. And I felt drunk still all Saturday and still didn't feel great on Sunday. Luckily, I actually fought very well. I thought I'd better do because the instructor will kill me because he found out and he beasted me for a week because it's all about the whole discipline side of things. He doesn't like his fighters drinking prior to obviously a fight, preferably at least a couple months before a fight. And it was just that one night and I was just like on the off cuff thinking, oh, I'm young, I can do it, I'll be all right. And it was actually, I actually had more of a bigger night than I should have had. Shouldn't have got out at all, but oh well. Luckily, I won the fight. It was actually one of my best fights, to be honest, as well. Uh, not saying you should do it that way, guys. Because I'm thinking how much more capable may have, um, how much more better my performance may have been if I didn't feel so rotten. I think, luckily, because I was 18 and because I fueled myself up and because of the adrenaline rush, I think that's what helped me with the fight. You know, technically, I was very good, but. If this person had been very, very fit, they may have outdone me that day because normally I can push through in fights because of my stamina, uh, stamina throughout, as well as my grit to get, you know, to make sure I don't back down ever. So remember your why. Pick the reason why you're doing this. It can't be for anyone else. You've got to do it because it's for you. So I've really got to think back. What is it? That's making you not want to drink as much as you used to. Is it just? I mean, one of the big ones as well. People just get fed up with it, and they want to look for something else. So that's the other thing now. The other advice I'm going to give you, like I just said, find something else to kind of fill that. Obviously, in lockdown right now, not so easy. So normally you sit in your board and you just have a drink. It's habit. Maybe you say if you are bubbled up with someone or living with someone. I mean, some of my clients, and it sounds a bit old school, even though we're like in his late 20s and 30s most of us they've uh, brought puzzles and he started doing that uh, some of them have gone back to say learning how to play chess like kind of like that brain it's like something to do with your hands isn't it and maybe that's what it is a bit like smoking almost you know you just it's just it's past it's very behavioral and finding something else to get into maybe to do with somebody else might be a good idea except the moment we can't travel out it could be a sport you want to get to, into maybe after this lockdown. So you could put all your energy into studying the sport, looking where potential places to go, like potential clubs, depending what you want to get into. Or it could be just a new hobby you've always wanted to take up and learn. Or maybe a great one, which I was listening to a podcast the other day and what they did for people with eating disorders. They uh, try and find something that will occupy them, but also be purposeful and give them something else to focus on. And it was like a course, which I know a lot of people have uh, taken up courses during this lockdown, uh, I say during this lockdown, during 2020, uh, to study and go on to something else, to give them the opportunity for them to do that. But for me personally, it's always a hobby. So even though I'm not at kickboxing, I'm still practicing. That's kind of like my focus point as well as my business. So finding like a bit of a purpose or a hobby, I'd say would be a great idea to kind of put in place so in those evenings if you are sitting a bit bored and you know you you think I just want to drink just for something to do as well if you replace that with something 
you know, that's can maybe going to be productive for your brain, actually benefit it and help maybe your mental health, maybe even help with your fitness if it's something active. Then you're more likely to probably keep up, you know, dry January into February for the rest of the year. And it might be either one, you decide to be completely teetotal, or two, like me, you don't clash yourself teetotal, you'll have a drink when you feel like it, but you will not say you're teetotal. So hope you found that helpful today. Uh, if you've got any questions uh, regarding what I just spoke about today, send me an email to the nagptfitness at gmail.com or you can send me a DM on my Facebook, which is the nagptfitness or on Instagram, the nagpersonaltrainer. Um, if you ever want to send any questions in what you want me to bring up in my podcast, again, you can send it to my email with the subject line podcast. Have an awesome day, folks.